Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. I am joined today by the athletic Shilkapadia, who just published a new 197 page book on the NFL called The Playbook, previewing the 2021 season. We're going to get into his wild, maybe not wild, but some of his uh, surprising predictions about what happens and why he thinks a team like the Chargers might exceed expectations in 2021. But before we do that, I want to get into something very, very important, which is that Mike Greenberg, the host of Greeny on ESPN Radio, is going to get you ready for NFL training camps and the latest Aaron Rodgers news. That's Greeny on ESPN Radio, weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time, or listen to the podcast of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can relieve one of the greatest icons, and the most successful teams in sports history, Michael Jordan and the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. You too can be like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and take a still image from the last dance and put it in your Instagram story. Stream the Emmy and NAACP image award-winning series, The Last Dance on ESPN+. Now, without further ado, here's Shilkapadia talking about the 2021 NFL season and his new book, The Playbook. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8-S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, joining me now here on the podcast, a regular contributor to the show, an excellent writer, but someone who has a new product available. Someone who normally does great work, right, of course, in the past, covering the Eagles for Philly.com and for The Athletic, and then covered the Seahawks for us at ESPN, a national writer now at The Athletic, covering the entire league and doing so in a brand new book, ebook, PDF. W- w- what is the appropriate term here? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think it is a PDF on my computer. So let's go with that. In a brand new 197 page PDF called the NFL Playbook for 2021. It's my friend and yours, the athletic Shil Kapadia. Shil, how are you? I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. We're going to talk about your book in a second, but first, we have breaking news here Thursday afternoon. As we record the show, I want to get your thoughts as someone who is uh, at the heart of football Twitter, finger on the pulse. The biggest story right now is not Aaron Rodgers. The biggest story right now is that Game Pass is not going to have all 22 into the upcoming season. Shil, how do you think this is going to impact your colleagues and your readers? Wait, is is that the latest? That when the actual season starts, we're still not going to have all 22? Uh, Quote, unquote. While we've taken the effort to improve core parts of your subscription, some features like play search and coaches film might not be available at the start of the season. 
Oh, well, that is a dagger. See, I didn't know that. I was looking at the Nate Tices of the wor world and the Ted Wins of the world and being like, you know, the training camp just started. It's okay. You don't need to grind. There's no film to grind yet. You got to wait for games to happen. But I didn't know that this was going to uh, go into the season. So if that is the case, uh, you know, listen, I know we sound like these are first world problems. We sound like football snobs and everything. But man, that was a game changer for sure. Back in the day, I think when it first came out was, was when I was cover, covering the Eagles and Chip Kelly, and it was like a whole new world that had opened up. And it is one of the cool parts, I think, about football Twitter now is you have all these people who are able to analyze the film and look at the film and explain stuff to you and learn about the game. I think you and I both would agree that that's one of the, the fun parts of the job. So uh, I'm not going to go into full panic mode yet. You know, if, if it's, if it's away for a little bit, if we don't get the preseason, which we never get, that's okay. But man, if it's that first Tuesday after week one, uh, I don't know what, what's the meme or, or we riot. Isn't that the, uh, you know, the, the saying on football Twitter. So I hope it's back by then, but yeah, I would agree with you that this is a much bigger story than whatever's happening with, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes back for a measly Randall Cobb trade. This is, this is much bigger than that. A hundred percent bigger. I mean, I don't know if people remember what it was like before this. I mean, I, I remember at Grantland, like at midnight, trying to write my column going to torrent sites to try and find um, full game videos of random games just to get the TV feed from that game, let alone the all 22 streaming within 24 hours of a game. I mean, it, it is just, we've come so far. So it hurts me to see us taking a step backwards and why, like, like what is happening here? Is there going to be some new advancement to all 22? Is it going to be more expensive? Like, like what is happening here? I think that uncertainty is really scaring me. Mm, we can't go backwards. We have, we have the biggest storyline of training camp. Now, no, it is, it is fun because, you know, you can ask uh, coaches and players and reporters do this all the time when you see something um, or when they reference something, then you can go and look at it and explain it when they say something in a press conference. So I do feel like it has made the entire uh, football consuming world, whether it's content creators or consumers, uh, a lot smarter and it's just made it more fun to kind of be a football fan or football writer. So I hope we're not taking the step backwards and we do get to, to watch it. Point in case, your colleague, uh, contributor to the show, contributor to the athletic Ted Wynn, you mentioned him earlier, just tweeted, for journalists, paying for NFL Game Pass is similar to small business owners paying the mafia for protection. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I honestly... Ted, Ted is a pretty measured, <laughs> chill guy. I feel like that's that's very he's handling this better than I would have expected. This is very well, rough. Yeah, I don't you know, I think it would be measured on most things, you know, having kind of combined with him for some projects last year and seeing that he's like, you know, starting to grind the film at like, uh, you know, 10 p.m. Uh, at night and sending me messages when I wake up at like mm -hmm. 4 a.m. Uh, he does love this and uh, he's very good at analyzing it. So I could understand why he would be upset. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, let's try and stick with the positive today. <laughs> Let, let's get back on the positive side of things. Something that has not been taken away. Something that's been given to us for the first time this year. The Shilkapadia NFL, sorry, Shilkapadia's the possessive, I should say. Shilkapadia's NFL playbook for the 2021 season. I have looked through some of this. I have skimmed through some of it. I have read some chapters in whole. It is awesome. I am really enjoying it. 
I have found some stuff I agree with, some stuff I disagree with. Maybe we'll talk about some of that here on the show. But what we're going to do today is we're going to use some questions to get into kind of the meat of what you talk about here in the book. Um, we will give people details. Uh, do you want to do it now and then again later on on how to get the book? Sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty simple. You just go to theathletic.com slash NFL playbook. And um, if you're a subscriber, if you want to sign up for The Athletic there, you can go ahead and, and download it. So uh, that that's pretty much all there is to it. Okay. So we're going to talk about um, some of the predictions from the book because every team uh, you've given them a projected record for the 2021 season. It's still weird to me to see 17 game predictions in print, but that's okay. Um, there are some really interesting ones here. You know, I think you've gone out on a couple of limbs that I think are really fascinating. So we're going to talk about those to start. I think let's actually start with the positive side of things. Let's go with um, maybe three teams that you are higher on than maybe you feel the rest of the either the broader NFL world or football Twitter or your colleagues. Like, like I want to hear about the three teams. We can go one at a time that you're higher on than the market. Yeah. I think the biggest one is probably and the one I feel sort of best about is the chargers. And I know chargers fans are going to be like, all right, here we go again. You know, media types, uh, telling us how good our team's going to be in July and August. And we know that by October 1st, our entire team's going to be injured <laughs> and it's going to be a disaster. But I really think there's a good chance that that's not the case this year. And what I did do uh, at the end is I just kind of looked at the projected records I had. And then I looked at the Vegas win totals to see mm-hmm. like which teams that like you just mentioned, which teams was I, re- were I really high on or low on. And I think I was, uh, it was significant with the Chargers. So Uh, You know, I just uh, I know some of the marks against Justin Herbert and why he can't be as good or might not be as good or might regress uh, from what he did last year. And and you and I both like numbers and analytics and and like to think about the game that way. But, man, every every once in a while, a player comes around and I just remember like the you know first two games I watched of him last year. And I was just like, this is like legitimately one of the most fun players in the NFL already. And, And he just kept it up. And it was under some dire circumstances. I mean, what coaching staff gave away more games last year than the Los Angeles Chargers Mm -hmm. coaching staff? I don't think they did a lot to help him. We know the offensive line was terrible and he just kind of persevered through it, took the hits, fired the ball downfield. I love how he played. I love how he moved in the pocket, the arm, the athleticism, surprising everyone with the nerdy haircut there uh, late in the season. Like I loved all of it. And so um, I just feel like they're a team where, you know, Herbert could be one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. I, you know, I'm not saying that's like the most likely scenario, mm-hmm. but that would not surprise me. I think they could have a massive uh, coaching upgrade. You know, there's always mystery with these new coaches, but when you just look at the stuff you could see, on Sundays in that like late window, you know, the chargers were always on and you're just going, what in the world are they doing here? Like you're pulling, you know, I don't have uh, much hair or any hair, but like, uh, you know, you're, you're figuratively pulling your hair out at what's going on with that team. They had the worst special teams in the NFL last year. So like, I just add all those things up and I really think they have a chance to, to be a really good team and a surprise team this year. I think I have them at 11 and six. Seven and six. Now, let me play devil's advocate here, Shil. Okay. Everything you just said, the names were different. The names may have changed. 
but how many years could we have said this about the chargers where <laughs> if you know they're going to be healthier they're going to put together you know they're they're eight or nine best guys they can't get as hurt again there's no way they're going to miss Derwin james for the entire season they have a great quarterback they have great weapons the off the special teams were terrible they can't be worse like i've made this exact argument at least five times in the past decade. And like the Chargers may have gotten better in those years, but that season where everything comes together has been few and far between. Like it's happened. They had that year where they, uh, what were they? 12 and four. Yeah. 12 and four in 2018. But otherwise it's been flashes of brilliance with wildly frustrating seasons around it. So to you, is it, is it just the, is the change in the coaching staff enough to kind of flip that? Or, you know, I mean, is there anything besides the coaching staff that leads you to believe that they're going to be uh, a better team or get more out of the players they had in 2021? Yeah. I mean, you're right. We, you know, we, we certainly could like copy and paste or, you know, replay conversations from previous years. And it would be a very similar story for talking up the chargers. And, and it's so funny there. I, I like the fan bases who are just like, you know, they, not that they hate their team, but they're like, oh, come on, you know, do not say our team is going to be good this year. And I think they definitely fall into that category. There are other fan bases who get upset when you say their team is going to be bad, but there are teams like the Chargers where they're just like, we don't want to hear this again. But uh, I think the coaching can be a huge thing. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, again, I don't know that um, I'm not going to crown Brandon Staley and say he's going to be uh, an unbelievable coach, but I do like what I've heard from him the way he, he thinks about uh, offense and defense mm-hmm. and building a team and building around Herbert and all those things. And again, it's not like he has to be Bill Walsh. I mean, just the in-game stuff was such a disaster for them mm-hmm. last year that if you like just upgrade that, I mean, that already to me is a huge upgrade. If you're not the, you don't have to be the best special teams in the NFL. You know what? If you're like the 20th best special teams in the NFL this year, that's going to be a huge upgrade. You don't have to be the healthiest team. But can you just give us like, just give us Herbert? Really, all you need is Herbert, Keenan Allen, Derwin James, and Joey and, and Joey Bosa. J- just give me those four. Uh, do not put those guys on IR. Let's get them through the season. And I feel like they can withstand a lot uh, of other injury questions. So I just feel like there's so much room to grow, uh, room to improve in a lot of these areas where I'm not asking for this like seismic shift. I'm asking for just a little bit better than last year. And then you have the quarterback, you have the talent where you could be really good. I'm so worried about Justin Herbert's ACL. Yes. Like, like I, every day I think, oh no, like this is something is going to go wrong here. And like, I don't want it to, I mean, I like the chargers. I want them to do well. I like Justin Herbert by all accounts. Seems like a very nice uh, human being. Um, I, I hope they do well. Their fans deserve it. And I'm just so scared. Like I yes. just every day I'm like expecting to see like the, you know, the Adam Schefter tweet of, Oh, uh, Justin Herbert just got carted off at training camp. I don't want that to happen, but every day I'm afraid of it. I know I, I you just want to hold a, bring a chargers fan, uh, you know, close to your heart, mm-hmm. hug them and be like, they, you know, they can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> you know, you just, it's like, you just want to get to that point, but I, but you're right. I'm sure they're looking at these practice reports, these updates, just being like, all right, let's just keep everyone healthy. They don't have to look great, but uh, I'm in, uh, you know, Herbert just, I, I feel like he's going to be uh, a special player for years to come. And I'm very excited to watch that. Okay. Give me your second team. My second team. Let's see. Who do I have here? Uh, 
I had the Atlanta Falcons here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have, you know, I don't have them lighting the league on fire, but I do have them competing for a playoff spot. And I'll be honest, I've probably uh, flip-flopped on this like, you know, 20 times during the off season where I think I started off, I was really high on them in February. And then some, I didn't really love some of their uh, off season stuff. And then mm-hmm. they trade Julio Jones. And I was like, do I really want to go there? But I do think there are a couple paths to them being a competitive team being, uh, you know, close to uh, maybe above 500 or right around 500 this year. And number one, you know, again, I, I don't want to crown every new coach and be like, it's definitely going to be an upgrade. But I do think you can look at Arthur Smith and say, if nothing else, he maximized the offensive talent at his disposal mm-hmm. in Tennessee. And so I, I do think they still have some talent on offense. They've still got Matt Ryan. They've got some young players on the offensive line who could potentially improve. They've got Calvin Ridley. They've got Kyle Pitts. So uh, I don't think it's like the cupboard is bare there. Like I think there's a path for them to be a, let's say, you know, like the ninth best offense in the NFL. I'm just picking a random number, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not Mm -hmm. picking them to be the chiefs, but I think they could be a pretty good offense. And then I like Dean Pease as a defensive coordinator in this Mm -hmm. spot, because I don't think they're a very talented defense. And I think you really needed a coordinator who can do more with less. Like, you know, it always feels like there's a handful of these guys in the league every year. And so I think like there, there are certain defensive coordinators where I look at and I say, unless this team is completely decimated by injuries, like this guy's going to be good enough to at least get them to mediocrity. So I look at the Falcons, you know, maybe you have a top 10 offense. Maybe you have like the, I don't know, 17th, 18th best uh, defense. Can that translate to uh, nine and eight a year after I think they had the toughest schedule in the NFL last year? Uh, maybe it can. So, so I, I landed on, on them being nine and eight and kind of competing for one of the last playoff spots. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I'm super into them. Uh, love the Dean Pease hire. I think he's just been, he's just fielded so many competent defenses. Yeah. Like I just have faith that they'll be okay on defense. And this team could be really good with like an, a good offense and an okay defense. Um, especially if the saints take a step backwards this year. Um, you know, I think the concern for me is, like you said, there's holes in this roster. It's pretty top heavy. Um, they have either traded their picks away or spent a lot in free agency. Their cap is a mess. They weren't able to add a ton of talent this past offseason um, to a roster that, you know, was lacking last year. It was not like it was a, a Super Bowl caliber roster last year. And they also have seven home games. I mean, this is a league now where AFC teams have nine home games. Uh, the rest of the NFC has eight. The Falcons gave up a home game to play a game in London, and that's going to be a problem for them. So um, I I would love to be on the bandwagon for them to be like a much more surprising contender, like a 11-win playoff team. But to me, I think they are a right in the ballpark, like you said, eight and nine, nine and eight, which would be a healthy improvement for a team that was four and 12 a year ago. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to, I, I think if they would have kept Julio Jones, Maybe I could have talked myself into, all right, this could really be um, an offense that is hard to stop. But, uh, you know, if you look at some of the advanced numbers, they were a different team last year when Julio Jones was on the field, like significantly, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to when he was on the sideline. So I I don't think that's a loss that we can kind of just sweep under the rug. But I, I agree with you. The talent is probably just not there to take a big swing on them being sort of a great team. But in terms of a playoff team, yeah, I think there's enough there where they should be in that mix. 
Mm-hmm. Give me one more team you're optimistic about. Well, the last team, and uh, you know, I think after we exchanged messages, we got the news that Dak Prescott had the shoulder issue. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I am known to curse teams, players, everything. So, if I'm saying good things about you, it might not be good here. But uh, I do think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East, and I don't know how much higher than consensus I, I am on them. I think a little bit. I don't know if it's huge. I've got them as like a ten and seven team, but mm-hmm. I just look at it. You know, some of these teams you can really explain away their issues from last year pretty easily. And uh, to me, the Cowboys are one of those teams, you know, Dak Prescott gets injured. They had the second most injured offensive line in the NFL. And like, we just saw it in 2019 that they were second in offensive DVOA. And so it's just sort of like, all right, well, it's the same play caller that's still there. They're probably better at wide receiver than they were last year. The offensive line's probably not going to be as good as it was that year, but it certainly could still be competent. And it's just a team where you have to, you know, just talk about the offense and just, you know, there's no case to really be made that the defense is going to help them win games. And so it's one of those teams where you say, all right, a top five offense and maybe like the, if they can muster like the 25th best defense, you know, that might be enough to win 10 games and win the NFC East when you look at who else is in that division. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This was an offense that, I mean, Dak's numbers last year, prorated for a full season are crazy. Now, granted, that was because the defense was an absolute disaster. They couldn't stop fumbling the football. They had crazy possession numbers through the first five, six games of the year before Dak got hurt. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's a a few different things to hope for here. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, um, I think you're sort of hoping for a similar thing to the Chargers, like you were saying about, about Los Angeles, where it was, oh, they don't have to be good. They just have to be a little better, a little closer towards the rest of the pack. I mean, the, the Cowboys were so bad on defense a year ago. And just like fundamentally simple mistakes, like they just weren't fitting the run in a logical way at times. And, you know, that's something that you can fix. That That is not impossible. Better coaching theoretically should get you there. And my hope is that they've got better coaching now with Dan Quinn. Granted, the Falcons defense was not especially all that great over the course of his time there. So can't you can't say for sure, but um certainly I think strength of competition helps. And and like you said, I mean, this is a division in the NFC East that there might not be a lot of good teams in the NFC East. There certainly weren't a year ago. And as we transition to the teams who you're maybe, at least to me, a little harsher on than the rest of the league, there is a team in the NFC East that comes to mind. Okay, which one I'm trying to think of which one it is that I'm below a market on in the NFC. So are we talking about the Giants? No, I'm, I would say you're below market on the Eagles. Oh, really? Okay. Six. <laughs> six do, do, you, do you feel like you are? You have them at six and 11, which is last place in the NFC. I, did, I do. Yes. You know, I, I was going down to the wire on that one between them and the Giants. I actually think I'm. I feel like I'm lower on the Giants than uh, consensus because I don't see the high ceiling for them that mm-hmm. I think some people do. Like I, I would be just stunned if they won the division, but I was going back and forth with the Giants and the Eagles for third and fourth place. And I think at the last second, I made the Eagles six and 11 and the Giants seven and 10, even though I had it vice versa mm-hmm. previously, you know, uh, I think the Eagles, there is a path for them to be a little bit uh, of a surprise team and be, better than that you know they have a very easy schedule they got Mm -hmm. crushed by uh, injuries last year so if you get some better injury luck 
uh, there, you could be a little bit better. And I think uh, on the lines of scrimmage, offensive and defensive line, they're actually uh, pretty good. But, um, you know, I, I just look at it overall and I think Jalen Hurts, there's not, I feel like there has not been a lot of support for him in the mm-hmm. building where I, I don't hear people saying, yes, we're very excited about Jalen Hurts and think that he really has a chance to kind of take control uh, of the quarterback position for us for the future. Now, maybe that won't matter and he'll just surprise them and be uh, really good there. So uh, it's just the shaky quarterback situation. Uh, I think their best players are mostly aging players. When you look at guys like Fletcher Cox and Lane Mm -hmm. Johnson and Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey, I mean, these are all guys who are 30 or older. So you would, you know, they could have some injury issues. Their, their best football is probably behind them and uh, you're, you're bringing in new schemes, obviously on both sides of the ball, which, which who knows that that could end up being a good thing. But uh, I didn't feel that strongly about the Eagles. You know, I think they're probably in between like six and eight wins. And I think I probably at the last second, just kind of bumped them down a win and uh, made the giants seven and 10 instead. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I would flip it. I would, I would go Eagles okay. ahead of giants, but that's not your official. Those aren't one of the three official teams you are below market on. So let, let, let's, let's make sure we focus on those three teams. Um, give me the first team that you are down on relative to the broader football public and why. Yeah, it's, it's one that really scares me. And it's the Pittsburgh Steelers because mm. I do not, I mean, you know, anyone who watched Mike Tomlin drag that team to eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, like predicting them to go under 500 is probably a stupid thing to do. But I just look at it and like all the factors we look at from year to year where mm-hmm. we say, all right, that might not go as well for them again this year. They're all in play <laughs> with the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like every single one. I mean, they were fifth in injury luck. They were seven and two in one score games. They had the second easiest schedule. Now they have the hardest schedule in the NFL. If you just go by Vegas win totals, uh, I think they were fourth in terms of kind of benefited by, uh, by turnovers last year and so you look at all those things and then you look at how they ended the season and the issues they had which were primarily an offense that was bad with an old quarterback who was coming off of elbow surgery and an offensive line that was shaky and like those aren't things that I look at and say all right those are going to correct themselves uh, with the moves they made this offseason and they're going to be a a much better team so um, again I, I don't like doing it because it scares me you know it's certainly possible that Ben Roethlisberger could reach back and have um, one great year, I suppose. It's possible that the offensive coordinator change to Matt Canada could benefit them. Uh, It's possible that uh, young offensive, some of the younger offensive linemen, the inexperienced guys like Kendrick Green, uh, Zach Banner come in and play well. Those are all possible. I don't think that's the most, those are the most likely scenarios. So I think more likely would be that the wheels kind of come off a little bit. Maybe you don't get 15 starts uh, from Roethlisberger, maybe instead of having the best defense in the NFL, you have like the eighth or ninth best defense mm-hmm. in the NFL. I mean, that path to me is more likely. And I think in a pretty tough division, that would result, uh, you know, maybe maybe in a record like I predicted, which was seven and 10. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly I think people are looking at their their undefeated start for most of last year and not seeing that it was pretty flimsy. I mean, in terms of their victories. Uh, very few dominant wins, very few impressive victories, kind of holding on some comebacks uh, late in games, either where they came back or they were holding off a team that was coming back. Um, 
And then I think on top of that, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, what are the chances that Ben Roethlisberger is significantly better than the guy we saw in 2020? Like 10%, 15%? Like, like, like yeah. do you, do you, like, I know it's in the range of outcomes, but how likely do you think that is? Right. That, that, that's exactly it. I mean, that, that's really like the one sentence description of, of, of why um, I feel like the Steelers aren't. Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. But I mean, how often does a 39 year old quarterback who was, you know, below average the previous year and who was coming off a significant elbow injury without much added, you know, his supporting cast. It's not like it's a huge upgrade or it might not be an upgrade at all from what they had last year. Like how likely is it that the offense is going to be better this year? And I would just say, you know, yeah, that, that, that to me is highly unlikely and the biggest reason why I would not be bullish on the Steelers this year. Yeah. I, I think the best argument I've seen from Steelers fans is, Oh, our line was so bad last year that letting all those guys leave and not spending any money on our line is actually a good thing, which that might be true. That could be possible, but that typically does not lead to a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. You would need, like I said, some of those younger offensive linemen again. Yeah. Maybe they do come in and they play really well. That's possible. But uh, I don't know, sort of given the background and the pedigree for some of those guys that that would be all that likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So give me another team that you are expecting to be worse than the broader public this year. Uh, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders at six Mm. and 11. And, you know, I think last off season, I believe I was pretty bullish uh, on the Raiders, but it, with John Gruden, there's like these two aspects to it, right? I mean, I mean, I think on one hand, people probably have not appreciated that, like he's built a pretty good offense there uh, mm-hmm. with the Raiders. I mean, if you look at it, the last two seasons combined, like I think they've been a, a top eight offense if you look at it statistically. And to me, that's impressive because, like, I don't look at that roster and, and say, "Wow, they, you know, they're loaded, they're talented." Like, I do think he's maximized the offensive personnel that he's had at his disposal. But mm-hmm. the problem is the reason he's had to do more with less is because of John Gruden, the personnel guy <laughs> and some of the decisions they've made with the roster. And so uh, I look at it and sort of the turnover on the offensive line, trading Rodney Hudson, trading Gabe Jackson, you know, what are the odds that the offensive line is going to be as good or better than it was last year? I would say that's pretty unlikely. And I think there was probably, I don't know if it's flukiness, but I mean, you know, Nelson Aguilar averaged what 18 yards per reception last year when he averaged like 11 yards per reception Mm -hmm. earlier in his career. So are you going to be able to hit on all those big plays with Henry Ruggs or whoever he's taking is taking his place there on some of those shot plays? Are those going to be there for you this year? And, uh, you know, I think maybe not. So I think you're probably looking at a mediocre offense, I think mm-hmm. there is some some room for upside there. You know, maybe they're kind of like what they were two years ago. Maybe they stay a little bit healthier. So I think there's a chance of that, but I don't see it. And, you know, defensively, I feel like Gus Bradley pretty much coaches to the talent he has. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about DNPs, where I feel like if you put, you know, 11 sort of starting caliber players out there, like, you know, he'll find a way to work with it and maximize the talent at his disposal. I don't think that Gus Bradley fits that mold. You know, I think when he's had good players, he's coached some pretty good defenses. When he hasn't had good players, he's coached some pretty bad defenses. And uh, not that the Raiders defense has no talent. You know, they've got some guys. I don't think they're terrible, but I just don't see them as a group that's going to make like a giant leap uh, from where they were last year. And on top of that, they've got the second toughest schedule 
in the NFL in terms of Vegas win total. So, you know, they're going to probably play in a pretty tough division if those other teams are improved and the O-line maybe takes a step back and the defense doesn't take a big step forward. You know, you could talk me into eight, nine, seven and 10 for sure. Uh, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities, even nine and eight and competing for a wild card spot. I don't think that's crazy, but I just feel like they've got some things working against them. And so I had them at six, six and 11. Yeah. I mean, maybe Gus Bradley turns this around. Hopefully he does for Raiders fans sake, but I just, I look at so many players have joined the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball since John Gruden got there, whether it be high draft picks, whether it be free agent additions, every one of them have gotten worse or not lived up to expectations. Like it just, it is is across the board. Like guys like uh, LaMarcus Joyner will go there and get moved back to his, you know, to a different position and then not be as good as he was uh, with the Rams or Corey Littleton, a guy who stayed in the same spot was not as good. Um, Their draft picks, Kellen Farrell, Jonathan Abram, uh, guys who are supposed to be first round picks, significant difference makers, um, have not been useful players. They've been ordinary or worse. Um, and so maybe Gus Bradley unlocks some of those guys. Maybe he helps develop those guys. But I have to admit, I go back to the time with the Jags. Like, like to your point, I think he was brought in there to help build a defense. And the defense did eventually get really good, but that was after he left. And I don't know how much credit I would give Gus for developing those guys. Um, you know, maybe he did, maybe Jalen Ramsey would not be Jalen Ramsey without Gus Bradley for that, that brief time they had together. But, um, you know, I feel like the defense got significantly better when he was not coaching that football team. So we will certainly see, um, I think a change was due. So I think there's a possibility, but I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic about the Raiders this year, unless, unless the offense is just so good that, um, sort of like a cowboy situation where it does make up for the defense. Yeah, I, I think w- with Gus Bradley, like I would have been really interested to see if they would have kind of hired a different uh, defensive coordinator. And again, I don't think he's like the worst defensive coordinator in the league. I just don't think uh, he has the track record of showing that he can lift a unit to be significantly better than its talent. And you kind of know what they're going to play, right? I mean, it's not like this is not going to be a defense where opposing offensive coaches on uh, Monday and Tuesday are like, shoot, this is a pain to prepare for, you know, you, you know, you're going to get heavy zone, you know, you're going to get a uh, heavy cover three, you know, you're not going to get uh, a lot of blitzing. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, do you have the players, do the players fit those roles that you're looking for? Maybe some of these guys will and will play well. Um, but, uh, but I, I just don't see it being a significant step forward. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand how they did not hire Wade Phillips. Like, yes, it, it would have been just the simplest thing. Just throw somebody at Wade Phillips, get out of the way. And maybe that, that makes, maybe that is enough to make you a playoff team, but we will see. Um, certainly, like you said, some talent there, but I'm very skeptical of the Raiders in 2021, especially if the chargers live up to expectations, tough to imagine them doing really well in the division to get to um, get to a playoff record. The third team, you have as the team you're down relative to the rest of the league is who? It is the New Orleans Saints. I guess Ooh. it's sort of like the NFC version of the Pittsburgh Steelers where you're sort of like, shoot, do I really want to go uh, against this team, against this coach, given the track record? But man, I just let it, it, this was actually, uh, you know, doing this project, there were some uh, sections that were pretty eye-opening. And just looking at the Saints offense 
with Drew Brees over the last year, sort of the eye test does not match the, the stats on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you agree with me there, but I, you know, I just had visions of watching the Saints and being like, shoot, Drew Brees is done. They can't complete a pass more than, you know, nine yards downfield. This offense is boring to watch. It's easy to stop. And then you look at the numbers when mm-hmm. Drew Brees was actually on the field. And it was like, still in terms of efficiency, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Now, mm-hmm. would they get manhandled when they faced a good uh, defense or in certain weeks or certain situations? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there were th- those glaring games where you just looked at the opponent and said, man, that opponent, they're much more athletic, they're faster. The Saints can't do anything with this. But, uh, you know, we, we like big samples. And so you look mm-hmm. at the big samples over the past two years, and they were like a top five offense with Breeze, and they were around the 20th best offense uh, when they had either Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill playing quarterback. So mm-hmm. I did, you know, whether it's J- Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or some combination of the two, the offensive line should be pretty good. But now you throw in this Michael Thomas injury and like, they don't have a lot to work with. I mean, Sean Payton is really going to have to scheme things up to get that offense to be uh, above average there. So uh, I, I don't see a path uh, barring something unforeseen to that off- the offense kind of not taking a big step backward this year. Yeah. I mean, you look at we talked a little bit about the you know or about teams where we don't have that sort of depth and that receiving core without Michael Thomas presumably for at least the start of the season is just scary. I mean, it's great if you like want to try and pick up a receiver who's going to be very valuable in fantasy football because most of them are going to be on your waiver wire. But like, you know, if Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman are your top two receivers outside of Alvin Kamara, who's a running back. I mean, I can't recall a depth chart in, in recent history at receiver in the NFL that was less imposing. And that includes last year's Patriots, who were about as bad as I can remember. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, I would have to go through now, but it feels like the, yeah, definitely the worst in the NFL without uh, Michael Thomas there. And that's, you know, when I first was writing the section, it was like, well, you know, as long as if Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara can stay healthy, then at least, you know, those are, those are two outstanding players that you're working with and it'll make life easier for everyone else. But without even one of them, it just totally uh, changes the offense there. So that's going to be tough for them. And then defensively, you know, I, I don't know exactly what to think about their, their defense. They've been good now for what, four straight years. I think they've had a top 10 defense. I still mm-hmm. like a lot of the players they have there, but they do have a hole at cornerback. They lose uh, Trey Hendrickson. David Anyamata gets uh, suspended. So they really need someone like, whether it's Marcus Davenport uh, reaching his potential and staying healthy, whether it's the rookie Peyton Turner coming in and playing well. Like There's really a lot, I feel like, on the shoulders of those two guys. One of them has to play really well opposite Cam Jordan for their pass rush to be solid and for their defense to not take a step back. I mean, their defense, uh, I think was second in DVOA last year, which that's one of those, you look it up in June and you're like, wait a minute, is that, is that <laughs> right? I knew they were good. I didn't know they were that good. So that's definitely a unit that, you know, even if they fall back to eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever, um, that's something you're going to have to account for when you compare them to last year. Yeah. I mean, this is 18. That's, that's done such a flip. I mean, a few years ago, they were great passing the football and they were efficient running the football, but really it was because of their passing game, but they were not a, a team that, you know, would run 40 times in the game and, and beat you with running being their primary attack. And then they couldn't play defense to save their lives. Now they feel like a team that, especially if Taysom Hill's the starter, 
are going to run the ball and play defense and try and beat you that way. Yeah. And, and we will see if that, I mean, it just doesn't, you know, they've gone eight and one, right. Without breeze the last two years. And it's been a lot with on the defense and the special teams. And like you said, playing a very specific type of way offensively. And that's been, you know, that is very impressive to do that without Drew Brees, even having the 20th ranked offense without Drew Brees, like that's pretty impressive to have a backup quarterback and perform at that level. I just don't know that over the course of a uh, seven, 17 game season that it's going to translate to uh, a playoff team. And so uh, I've got them at uh, seven and 10. I don't think they're going to be a terrible team, but I think they're going to be a pretty mediocre team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I've been on that bandwagon the last two years predicting the saints to decline. I've had to watch that team win a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I I think they're going to decline. I I'll be intrigued. Do, do what what are the chances you think in 2021 that the Falcons finish with a better record than the Saints? A bet well, I I'm predicting them to be bad. I, I think it's pretty close. Um I would I'm trying to think of what the Vegas win total say. I like I like just looking at the market and going with it that way. I would say the Falcons have a 56% chance to have a better Ooh. record than the Saints. Uh, where, where would you fall on that? I kind of agree, but I feel like okay. saying that some Saints fans <laughs> will be tweeting us like, like I'll, I'll open up your sports book. I'll put $10,000 on the Saints having a better record than the Falcons. Okay, that's fine. We will see. Um, let's approach this a different way here, and then we'll finish up with another set of questions. Uh, give me a team whose prediction you're most confident in for the 2021 season and a team whose prediction you are least confident in and why. Yeah. The most confident one was tough, right? Because I mean, I could tell you the chiefs, I think I have chiefs winning, you know, 13 games. I don't think that's going to be the most controversial take. Like don't clip that for the podcast to get people to listen. You know, I don't think that, uh, or I could give you like the Texans. I had it uh, two and 15, I think which maybe <laughs> is a, a little low, but I mean, the optimist would say what four and 13 mm-hmm. for the Texans. So yeah. I would say of the ones that kind of, we talked about where I'm different than maybe the market. And I can't believe I'm saying this and it's definitely going to be a jinx or a curse, but man, I, I, I like the chargers one. If I had wow. to sort of put, put my, um, you know, kind of, kind of plant my flag on one of these, I really, really feel like there's a path to th- for them to be, a really good team for, for the reasons we mentioned earlier. Maybe I'm just blinded by what I saw from Justin Herbert and am not looking at it uh, reasonably, but uh, you know, what the heck I've come this far. I will go with them there. The one I'm least confident in, you know, this came down to three for me. And as I was putting the finishing touches on this uh, on kind of the playbook and looking at, all right, do I want to make any changes? The three teams I had the most difficulty with, were the Dolphins, who I settled in on at nine and eight. And mm-hmm. I really, you know, I, they feel like sort of a high variance team uh, to me. And I didn't know what to do with them. The Steelers at seven and 10, I was wondering, am I being too harsh here? You know, maybe they take a step back, but are mm-hmm. still like nine and eight. And then the Cardinals, I did not know what to do with the Cardinals. I started writing about the Cardinals and I thought this team, I, I think is going to be set up for disaster in 2021. And it's going to have all kinds of changes. And then I, I looked up some numbers with Kyler Murray before he suffered that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. And the offense, it wasn't always pretty, but it was still pretty good. You know, it was like a top 10 offense before uh, he suffered that shoulder injury. And so I settled in on them at nine and eight. So th- those were kind of the three 
that I really uh, struggled with. I, I wonder wh- what you think about those three. Mm. I mean, Steelers <laughs> we talked about. Yeah. So we feel pretty good about that one. Um, I, I don't know if I'm as pessimistic as you, but I agree with the logic to me. I think it wouldn't shock me if they were nine and eight or eight and nine. So that's not too far off from where you were at. Um, Cardinals. I don't ever know what to make of the Cardinals. Cause like there's so many holes in their roster. They like the offense. It, it, it feels less effective than it actually is. Like there's so few times where I watch the Cardinals and I'm like, Oh man, they are just dominating this yeah. team on offense, but it, it does work. Like they do get there eventually and they put up a bunch of points. Like, but I just, it feels like such a slog at some points. Like it, it, they, they had no speed last year um, at receiver and it, it just felt like, especially and maybe a just recency bias from that, that ugly end to the season, but like, it was not a fun team to watch for a team that's supposed to be like this exciting, explosive, uh, you know, modern cutting edge offense. Um, maybe that'll change. You know, I'm a big Rondell Moore fan. I, I like the moves they made. Um, I think getting Kenyon Drake out of there is good. Like I think every time it, they handed Kenyon Drake the ball last year, it felt like they were doing the other team a favor. And <laughs> I don't think that's the case with Chase Evans. Maybe it'll be the case with James Conner. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. Then what was 13? The third team was the Dolphins. Are, are you... I feel like you might be bullish on Tua or no? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a okay. little bullish on Tua. I like okay. the one thing that maybe worries me a little bit and I don't want to make, I'm going to make sure I'm not uh, misunderstanding his quote here. I'm going to look it up. Uh, but like I, I could, I could see the hip issue. I could see, you know, not having familiarity with the offense. It is a little concerning that Ryan Fitzpatrick was significantly better. Yes. Granted an offense. He knows He's known for years under um, Chan Gailey. Um, but it was more just concerning to see like, like that two was not taking shots downfield. He was not pushing the ball. Whereas with Patrick would come in and just immediately start taking shots and immediately start succeeding. Um, my big concern, and I don't know how you feel about this, is Tua saying that he didn't feel like he had a comfort level with the playbook. Like, do you think, it, does that scare you for the future? Or is that just like a, like, you know, just a, the reality of being a rookie in the NFL. Yeah, I, I kind of took it that way. That that didn't scare me as much. I was sort of like, you know, probably if you interviewed, I feel like, you know, most rookie quarterbacks, especially after they're far into their career, you know, if you interviewed a bunch of veterans like this summer and asked them, I, I bet most of them would be like, shoot, that first year was really hard and it was hard to get a uh, grasp on it. So now, now that he said it, you know, you, you kind of look at it in year two and see what that looks like. And you want to see the improvement, but that to me, you know, I sort of just felt like he was being honest. And that probably if you asked a lot of rookie quarterbacks uh, down the road and they were speaking honestly, that they might say the same thing, but who knows? I, I could certainly be wrong about that. Well, I, yeah. I mean, like I, I agree with you. That's why I think I'm optimistic about his second year. I think they added good pieces around him don't know how good the offensive line is going to be. Um, if they don't have Xavier Howard for a full season, that would hurt. I think he's their best player on defense by a significant margin, but um, yeah, I, I see them as like a 10, 11 win team. Okay. I had him at, at nine and eight. So a little bit uh, under that. I, I mean, I do think there's a scenario where, where Tua does struggle quite a bit and doesn't make a major leap. And if that's the case, then uh, you know, they're, they're probably even 
worse than that if he if he does look really good uh, with those weapons around him, like you mentioned. I, I do think he's positioned to succeed, even if the offensive line is just competent. I think they can be really good. So I probably kind of just hedged a little bit and put him somewhere in the middle there. I can't I can't fault you for hedging. I mean, I like that. That's just the reality of, of writing about football. You have to hedge at some point. Some yes. of your picks. <laughs> like you can't you can't back like six teams to suddenly go like improve by six wins it just does not happen. But we do see some variance in the postseason from year to year. So I want to finish up with this shield. Um, let's talk about based on your predictions. Give me the four teams you're most confident. We'll, we'll start with the teams leaving. So give me the four teams who made the playoffs last year, who you're most confident will not make the playoffs this year. Okay. I think we talked about two of them. I've got the Steelers and the saints as two yep. of the four. And then the other two would be Washington, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to say I feel like crazy confident about that. I think certainly they could compete uh, for the division or even a wild card spot, but I think I've got them at eight, and nine, just mm-hmm. out of the playoffs. And then the fourth one I do feel good about, and that's the Chicago bears. You know, I mm. think if you're a bears fan, you just want like those Sundays to be an enjoyable viewing experience where Justin Fields does like three cool things, a game that make you really excited about the next decade. But when you just look at sort of the history of rookie quarterbacks, when you look at Matt Nagy's track record there with the offense over the last three years, I think they've never been better than 20th in DVOA. Uh, I just don't see their offense uh, being very good this year. And I think they're going to miss out uh, on the playoffs. Could it kind of gives me like Deshaun Watson first season vibes where like fields plays well, they lose a bunch of close games Maybe fields gets hurt because he's not playing behind a very good line. And then that's kind of it for the bears. We'll see. Yeah. It's a win for them. I mean, I just felt like going into the draft. I was just like, shoot, if you're a bears fan, it's going to be Sunday night at eight, nine o'clock. And you're going to be like, why did I waste three hours of my day watching that team today? I hate myself. I hate my team. I hate this franchise. And so it was just such a win for them from like, like I'm always in the corner of, we kind of overrate the value of like winning titles and underrate Mm -hmm. just like the idea of, is it fun to be a fan of this team? Is it, am I happy? I spent my time this way. And I feel like in that case, it's just a huge win for them because it, it is going to be fun to watch him. I think whenever, uh, whenever he gets in there. Totally. I think that's totally fair. Um, let's flip it. Let's end on an optimistic note here. Let's do the four teams you think did not make the playoffs a year ago, who are most likely to make it back and enter the postseason in 2021. I can guess that one of them is the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I really think after this podcast loads, they're, they're going to like ask me to be their, I don't know, cheerleader, brand ambassador or something. I mean, I can't believe how over the top I'm going with the Chargers. But yes, they, they would be uh, one of the four. I do have the Cowboys there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, bad, bad division. They don't need to be great. You know, who knows? Nine wins, eight wins. That, that could be enough. But I've got them at 10 wins. Uh, winning the division. So I think as long as Dak Prescott, that shoulder injury isn't a huge issue, which, which who knows, maybe it, it will be an issue. But as long as he's healthy, I think they'll be in the mix. I've got the 49ers, uh, who we haven't yep. talked about, at uh, at 10 and 7. Uh, I think they're in a pretty good spot where even if you start Jimmy Garoppolo, like it, it, it's a nice situation because if he plays well, that's great. I think you're going to be a playoff team if he plays well and he's healthy. 
And if he doesn't play well or if he gets injured, I do think you have uh, obviously have options with Trey Lance. And I, I just feel like Kyle Shannon is so excited to use some of that quarterback inclusive run game. Uh, he's talked about it at length pretty much every time he talks about Lance this offseason. So I think they're going to be good enough to be in the mix. Uh, I struggle to settle on a fourth team. I was between the Falcons, mm-hmm. Cardinals, Vikings, Dolphins, and Broncos. And so five. I guess I, I know that's five. I, <laughs> that's the prep I put in here. I guess I would go with, did you talk me into the Dolphins? Let's go with the Dolphins. Hey. We talked about them already. Yeah, let, let's go with them here. I agree. I, I think the Dolphins are going to be in. I'm a little nervous about the Falcons. So okay. I, I, I would lean Dolphins. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would go Dolphins. I, I, I can't go Chargers just because... I, I can see where this bandwagon is heading to. <laughs> and like, like, like I just, I, I, I'm too scared to hop on. I'm sorry, Chargers fans. Yeah. I shouldn't have done this. This is a bad job by me. I'll regret it. I'll, I'll regret <laughs> it. it, it if, if the, those four guys you mentioned all make it to week one without being mentioned in a tweet by Adam Schefter, then I think I'll be on the bandwagon. I'm just scared of that. Like preseason period. Like, Okay. I'm scared that Joey Bosa is going to have like a mysterious injury. That, <laughs> you know, they're going to say, oh, he's fine. He's missing a day at camp. And then he's not going to play for six months. Yeah. It's going to be, maybe it'll be one of those that like people my age have where it's like, I got out of bed and like something with my neck, like I can't move my neck mm-hmm. and it just lingers for uh, weeks. Now, I, I think Joey Bosa is probably in better physical condition and less prone to injuries than I, you know, random day-to-day injuries than I am. But uh, yeah, something like that uh, would, would sort of fit the Chargers brand of the last uh, several years. I don't know, decade. I don't know how far back we want to go. I don't remember a universe where the Chargers were not <laughs> Me neither. I think when we, I think since we both started writing about football, it's been pretty much the same story. Ah, uh, sadly, sadly so. Maybe this year will be different. And if that's the case, you can tell people, that you read all about it in the playbook by Shilka Patia. Shil, again, where can people check out your, I, I called it a tome, and I, I'm going to stand by that word, 197-page <laughs> epic look into the 2021 NFL season. Shilka Patia, where can people find that? It is theathletic.com slash NFL playbook, and you can uh, download it right there wherever you want. So uh, yes, please go. uh, You know, you don't even have to read, just go uh, download it and pretend you read it. If you want to even better, save yourself time. Don't read it. Just listen to this (laughs) podcast. Give it like five downloads. Go nuts. Nothing, nothing wrong with downloading it multiple times, but Mr. Capati, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks for having me, Bill. Good talking to you. Thanks so much as always to my friend, former colleague, Someone I admire, someone I respect, someone who does excellent work covering the NFL, Shilkapadia of The Athletic. Check out the playbook. I will continue reading it next week as I'm on vacation, so there'll be no show next week, but I will be back the following week. More football on the way, more preview on the way, more NFL content on the way. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and more coming in a couple of weeks. So thanks so much for listening.